are women to blame for bad sex? Are we to blame for not having good sex? I would speak with married women in church and realize that a lot of these women have not been satisfied. This does not feel good. And I'm I'm telling you, left and you still going right. So (laughs) she said, I told you, I'm forgetting it. Forget it. There's a sense of we don't know how to deal with the male's ego because. This around the way girl wants to chat with you. She's discovering new information in this world that surrounds her, tapping into her inner power, her sexuality, and taking ownership of her insecurities. She discovered she had to unlearn some things. Come and enjoy her moments of reflection, re-education, redefinition, and evolution. Kick back, sip some wine, take a drive, whatever your vibe. Join me, your host, Shay Sana, with She Discovered Podcast. So stay tuned. You might learn some things. Ladies, first of all, again, thank you just for being on She Discovered podcast. And we have a juicy, spicy conversation that we're doing today. It is called Female Sexual Awareness. Um, And I chose this topic because even though we may feel it may be an archaic topic because as women, we're more sexually liberated and we're more, quote unquote, sexually aware, I realize there's still a disconnect when it comes to our sexual experiences as females. There's a disconnect in advocating for our pleasure as well, or even using our voice, right? So... um, I want to say thank you for Miriam and uh, Jerry for being a returning guest <laughs> on She Discovered Podcast. So Miriam was on the podcast in season two, I believe. Let me check here. Episode 16, where she was talking right. about dating experiences, right, in 2021, because the streets out here is <laughs> ratchet. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, Jerry, she was in season three. She was in episode 19, where she talks about, or we talk about, how to deal with relationships with our parents, how to, even if we've had some type of mishap with our parents or disconnect, how do we humanize our parents and understand them from their mm. point of view? Right? Man, how I do gotta we, go back and listen to that one. Yes, <laughs> yes. How do we learn forgiveness? How do we learn new attachment or how to learn to detach, but in a healthy way. Right. Mm -hmm. So we talk about all of that. So yes, most definitely uh, go check that out. And it's available on all streaming platforms on Spotify, Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, and SoundCloud. So we're just going to get right into it. So I'm (laughs) going to start off slow. I want um, people to know our (laughs) backgrounds when it comes to our own understanding or our own experience when it comes to sexual awareness. So anyone can go first. I want you ladies to describe when was your first awareness when it came to sex or like, how did you learn about sex? And anyone can go first. Too early. I learned too early about Mm -hmm. sex. Describe that you know, through just the streets. I grew up in Queens. I grew up, I was born in Harlem and then I moved to Queens four years old. I was adopted. So I grew up around 
a neighborhood of a lot of uh, sensual people, mm-hmm. let's just say. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, this was before I knew the Lord and everything, but I, you know, I developed just this promiscuous, promiscuous lifestyle because I wasn't educated about sex. Like mm-hmm. I learned it from my peers on the streets, yeah. you know? So, and most of them are probably learning it from, I don't know, pornography or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, some, some of us have grabbed a magazine or something that we saw and we watched, we looked at it one time and that was it, you know? So I, I didn't really get an actual education. It was just, you know, kind of learn as you go. Um, I lost my virginity when I was 13 years old, which wow. I'm not proud of. Yeah. So, but it's, yeah. it's, as much as you're not proud of it, it's yeah. actually the, the norm, sad to say. It you is know, from norm. from like maybe twelve up until sixteen, you're hearing, you know, uh, young ladies or even guys losing their virginity. I remember in junior high, a girl got pregnant and she was only twelve. Yeah. You know, so yeah. But yeah. Now, now that I have you know six children of my own, I'm like, I'm so wanting to make sure that they're educated about yes. sexuality, especially my fourteen year old daughter. You know, so. Um, you know, now I'm on the other side. I, I know the Lord and I have a relationship with him now. So now it's like, it's so much more sacred to me and so much mm-hmm. more important to understand. Um, mm-hmm. I think it really messed me up a lot because I was so promiscuous back mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. that it, it messed me up to a point where it affected my marriage um, okay. of 12 years. So Okay. We'll get into that. Definitely. Yeah. But you said that you were adopted, so you didn't have any parental figure per se to teach you about sex yeah and I, I didn't have that in Harlem and then when I was adopted um at four my my adopted mom she she had a daycare so she was very busy with kids a lot mm-hmm. and she didn't really you know invest that time in teaching me and my brother about these type of things you know so and back then they weren't teaching this type of stuff in school like they're doing now you know right. so we didn't learn it then, you know, we just kind of had to fend for Wing ourselves. Wing so. I really didn't care for sex, so I didn't pay attention to it. I kind of mm-hmm. had a um, upbringing where uh, it just was playful. I, I played a lot. I hung out a lot with my friends, but I think it might have been like the 10th grade where there was a girl in the cafeteria, and I'll never forget it. She was talking about doggy style. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there like, Looking at my friend, looking for the lab that's coming back. Because I'm trying to figure out what the hell is doggy style. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they're talking, and she say what she's doing, and I'm just like... And at that time, I was 16, I was a virgin, so I was like, uh-huh, mm. uh-huh. Then when she left, I looked at my friend like, what the hell is doggy style? And she's like, a sex position. I was like, well, how you do that? Mm-hmm. She's like, you know, like the dog. I said, like the dog. Sex. <laughs> I was just like, what the hell? Yeah. And then you know, that's what they all started talking about this and that. What they? I mean, I'm just like, I'm late. I'm yeah. late because I kind of grew up in church, so it's like a lot of my activities outside of school was church activity, right? Mm. And the group of friends that I had, they were like, not into that, right? None of us were doing that, so it's mm. just like. Were there, even though you were in school and in church and you probably didn't learn like the the graphic details of it, but did you have any type of awareness when it came to in the home or even with, with being in school, did you not hear certain music or certain shows that would, you know, kind of push or glorify sexual experiences amongst teenagers? 
in the home, it was just like, my mom was just like, don't let no boy touch you down there. Mm. <laughs> and I was that kind of child where fortunately, I listen, I don't like, I didn't like to get spanking. I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to yell that. I don't want nothing. If you say, don't do it, I'm not doing it. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to be, I want to be happy 24 mm-hmm. <laughs> seven. Whatever that means, if that means listening to you, I'm going to listen to you. Right. That's how I was when I was a kid. Was. 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 <laughs> <laughs> like that now. But um, there were certain songs I think I was singing, but I didn't know the meaning, and I didn't really, None of I didn't really, girl. I didn't really <laughs> repeat the words to understand. I was repeating the words to just to sing along sing with along. the song. Mm-hmm. So it's like now I'm listening. Even one of those songs, um, I was hearing the other day with uh, Silk or something, and he was talking about screaming. I know, you, I know, you feel that in my pants right now. Girl. This one always said that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. What? Yeah, what was I doing? I was, I remember singing all these songs, I remember dancing to it and everything, but I don't remember those words. Same thing, same thing in junior <laughs> high, singing, um, come <laughs> on, in, let's do yes, uh huh. You uh-huh. and you in junior uh-huh. high, like, Tony. Yes. <laughs> Until you get older, you like, oh, he was well, talking that's about the So you said that you now learned the wrong way. I why why wrong would you way? describe it as the wrong way? Because it was just like, you know, when I finally did lose it, I was like, I want to say 18 or 19. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really want to do it. It was just the guy that I was with. He was, you know, pressuring me, pressuring me. Like, we've been together for like two, three years. Why? We're like the only couple. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like kind of piggybacking off of whatever he told me to do. So I was Got just it. like, and then when that ended, it was just like, um, I don't know if I want to go back to doing that. I don't mm-hmm. know if I, I'm interested in that. So it took I took like two, three years off of that, after that mm-hmm. relationship to kind right. of figure out if I wanted to engage in that again. For yourself. For myself. Yeah. I don't think, even when I went back though, I don't think I did it for myself. It, it was, was more of like the peer pressure. Mm-hmm. Same, same, like, same yeah. here. Same <laughs> thing for me. Um, it was more of a peer pressure because all my friends were doing it. Right. You and felt you, left felt, you felt left out. And um, at the same time, everything in music and in shows and movies that was, was not was not only face. and it wasn't only glorifying it with adults it was with teenagers yeah. you had yeah. 90210 Dawson's you had Creek. Dawson's Creek Ooh. you had all these shows that all showed teenagers <laughs> having sex so you're just like Okay, yeah. I'm not, and we already know that boys get more of a pressure, right? Because right. having sex is like now they're in their manhood, but for females, we got that same pressure. Like, girl, you ain't do this yet. Da, 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 da. I remember before I did lose my virginity, I had friends <laughs> clowning me in high school where they were just like, mm. "Oh, you know, you don't, you don't know nothing yet. You still a little girl, you know, and stuff like that." And then you feel like, "All right, well, I gotta get on the bandwagon," you know. But uh, Jerry, yeah. I want to hear your story as well. So my story is completely different. <laughs> I grew up in the Caribbean. And my first exposure to sex, I didn't know it was anything associated with sex, but I was playing mommy and daddy. I was probably about Mm. six or seven years old, and I was the mommy, and he was the daddy. And we thought we were hiding, and the neighbor found us and told my dad, and his words were, if you talk to him again, I'll beat you. That was it. Never spoke Mm. to him until now. 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh years later when i started going through puberty my dad gave me a book to read and he told me to write a report <laughs> oh my god <laughs> to write the, this, this book called the complete twin i was given the book read it write a report and he really wanted details on that report and i probably took forever and a day to read it because i don't think mm -hmm. i ever wrote that report fast forward years later when i had my first boyfriend that was my adult exposure and the difference i would say is that unlike you guys who had friends who were you know pressuring you because of how i was brought up that's something you didn't even want people to know you were doing because mm. then you got put in a different category you wanted to appear as if you were still okay yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and in check um and for me on a personal level there was no way i wanted my dad to find out so right. yeah no, especially in a small town uh, girl talking <laughs> about that until maybe my 30s nothing Mm. Wow. So that was my experience. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. So I guess we all gave a little bit too of a description of how we learned in our home. So for myself, I would say the first time is it was exposed to me visually um, was through a, a pornography magazine in kindergarten. I was five. Mm. And a kid brought it from home. They found it in their parents' drawer, whatever. Ooh. And seeing the image is just like, what are these people doing? But mm -hmm. your mind is stimulated where you're like, I want to see more, but I also feel ashamed that I'm, yes. I'm looking at this, right? But my mother, from a young age, I would say maybe, she told me the other day, it was even younger than that. But from a young, okay, so she described it that since I was five, she described the don't let anybody touch you down there. That's how she used to talk to me. Don't let anybody, she used to call it tutu. Don't let anybody touch you tutu. <laughs> you know, um, say no and everything to the point that she said, I was in uh, kindergarten and a boy bust through the door because we only had one door in that little kindergarten class. And she said, I ran to him and I scratched him. And I said, mommy, mommy, he tried to touch my tutu. Poor child just bust through the door and that's all he did. <laughs> but I already had that awareness like, oh, nobody of the opposite sex needs to come touch me or see me. But what's so interesting, it was only towards the opposite sex. Ooh. And now we understand that that can happen with the same sex, right? But in, in, in that generation, or even now, I think we're still biased where we don't think women can be molesters. You know what I mean? We always oh, identify we always identify it with a man, but now we're learning more and more. But anyway, fast forward, by the age of eight, from what I remember, that's when she started saying, she took like a pencil uh, comb, this is a <laughs> penis. This your this is your vagina. She illustrated yeah, it. Yeah, she illustrated <laughs> it. So she didn't go into describing the actual act, but she kind of was just like, you know, this is only saved for people that are in love, like me and your daddy, you know. Um, and I think as I grew up, she would mention things here and there, but it was always in the sense of like, don't get pregnant. Oh, be yeah. careful what you're doing. That right there. Um, <laughs> my dad, my dad can 
he couldn't he couldn't he was one of those dad that like i don't want to talk about sex with my daughter at all yeah you know what i mean and it was more of a fear like just mm -hmm. stay away from boys educate yourself they're gonna use you so that's it you know so that if you get pregnant you can't live in this house yes yeah. you know all those kind of things so from a parental standpoint that's how it was but for me after the age of five, again, like I was describing earlier, it was TV shows, it was music. Even though there were certain songs, I didn't know what they mean. Like we gave an example of Pony, but there were certain songs that caused you to gyrate. And guys, you know, Girl, you go, you go, you go to school, and they have little parties, and you gyrate, yeah, especially, you especially reggae. Uh -huh. Child, reggae. When, when I got exposed to reggae, <laughs> so. <laughs> you know all those all those elements but as i grew into a teenager not only peer pressure from media and and friends but you felt like it was your duty as a girl to make sure that you are pleasurable to the guy mm. you know what i mean like at the end of the day it's not your pleasure that matters somewhat Girl. but at the end of the day you want to make sure the guy is satisfied because you don't want him talking about you in these streets you know what i mean and at the same time you didn't want to be promiscuous because in that Girl. in our generation growing up the liberation wasn't that exposed where you were talking to multiple guys you were automatically a hoe mm -hmm. you know yes. what I mean? so exactly. we were still a little bit more cautious but i knew yeah. growing up it was more so, especially with pornography. I was exposed not only in the magazine, but I was also exposed to visual pornography by the time I was in high school. And mm. I'm not going to take too much time, but there was a time that my parents caught me, not in the act, but they found out that I was. Yeah. And of course, they had that talk. My dad was mortified. <laughs> but they had that talk of like, why are you watching this? Where did you get the idea to watch this? You know, and all the different type of stuff. But again, what I was seeing was the man was always the aggressor and the woman was yeah. there to please him and yeah. do anything that he would want because that's her job. Because I believe we're all now at a level where we are sexually aware and what I describe as sexually aware, meaning that we know what our desires are. We know what our, what our needs are. We're comfortable with voc vocalizing it. We're comfortable with communicating it with our partner. So... Definitely. When did that switch happen for us compared to the way we were raised, what we were taught? When did the switch happen for you where you realize, okay, now I am sexually aware about my body and I am ready to be an advocate for who I am sexually? Mm. I mean, it was in the middle of my marriage, to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, when I we had a disagreement and I blurted out, I don't even have orgasms, just so you know. And um, yeah, that was that. And he was like, I don't believe you. And I'm like, no, it's true. Like I've been faking it. So like what you're saying is so true. Like, mm -hmm. like I've, because of my, my history, like I developed this mentality that the man is the one that is to be pleased, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's pretty bad actually, because it really takes away from our own sexual experience. Like God yes. designed it for us to actually enjoy the both of us mm -hmm. to actually be givers and please each other you mm -hmm. know so in the middle of this marriage you know i don't know what year it was but i i did get to a point where i was like this can't be right like this can't be right mm -hmm. this can't be right like i can't because 
to be honest, I didn't realize that I was actually even developing sexual frustration inside because we're actually supposed to have sexual experiences as human Mm -hmm. beings, you know? And because I was faking it, I wasn't only lying to him, but I was lying to myself mm-hmm. and, and not really finding joy and being able to experience it. But I think it was just the communication was just off. Like you have to really be with somebody that you can open up to and talk to about these things before you even get married. Right. You know, so now I know that, you know, so now in the dating world, I'm like, you know, that's kind of one of the first discussions that I might have with somebody because I think it's really important to be able to express yourself and just say what you what you like, what you don't like. Um, you know, even like, um, you know, men thinking that women, me personally, I don't agree with women having sex on their cycle. I know a lot of men, they want to have sex when their women ha- have their period. Yeah, and stuff. I've heard of that too. I, you know, I'm expressive about that too, because I used mm-hmm. to, you know, I used to not care per se, because mm-hmm. I wanted to please him, mm-hmm. but it was like, no, like, I really believe now the way that I'm aware of it now is just, I think a woman is supposed to rest during that time. Mm-hmm. She's supposed to be taken care of during that time. Mm-hmm. Like you should be pampering her during that time. So you can hey! get her ready for sex <laughs> when it comes again, you know, mm-hmm. like give her a break because you know, men, they could just go every day all day or whatever. You know, and and we have to be able to admit in our relationships when we're tired, when we're, mm-hmm. and, and it's okay. We shouldn't have to feel guilty to say that I'm exhausted or I'm on my cycle and I don't really want to do this right now. Right. But like I said, the history that I had, I wasn't, I didn't express that in my marriage. Um, and I don't put the blame on him. Like, I think mm-hmm. it was just something that, that an insecurity that I had with mm-hmm. communicating, you know, so like I teach my my daughter now, like, you know, I don't give her all the details, but because my kids watch nature, we live in the country, they watch a lot of planet earth and on planet earth, you know, they kind of teach a lot of things about mating. They call yeah. it mating. So I, that's how I refer to it to my children as mating. And, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm very open with them about it. Like this is something that's very natural that two people do with each other. And I want them to feel comfortable early talking that's about good. it. You know, so, yeah. so you would say that point that you described was when you realized, okay, no longer I have to be an advocate yeah. for myself. Okay, Facts. got it. Got and it. I want to enjoy sex. Like I don't yeah. want to be yeah. taking orgasms now. Mm-hmm. Right. I like sex. Like sex. I like just the act of sex. Itself, right. You know. Right. And not to say I never had orgasms, but. You know, it, it wasn't, wasn't at the frequency that you would have liked. Yeah. Right. Again, I might add some different perspective, right? I was celibate for a long time, a long time. And, <laughs> um, and so my experience was this, you know, you grew up in church and you're not doing everything, but you're kind of doing enough to get by. To get by, but then yeah. it comes a point by. when you get so far and you pull back. You get so far and you pull back. Well, Fast forward well into my, I would say my early 30s, when the opportunities would have presented themselves, and I really wanted to. And in my, I would say my mid 30s, when I had no reservations, my thought process about, and I'm just putting that out there, my thought process about sex, marriage, what that looked like has shifted, and it had to shift for me to even bring myself to the place of comfort to express myself, right? 
And so what I found was even though mentally my thought process had changed, physically I would find myself in a situation where my brain had practiced so much shutting off that I was in the situation and my body would shut down. And it would have taken communication where I could see myself doing that. What's going on with you right now? Like mm -hmm. physically right. you're shutting down. I didn't realize it was linked to all the way back then when you were told that this is bad. Yeah. And right. if you talk to him again, you'll get beating yeah. and not doing anything for so long because it's bad, not because it's a good thing and you want to, to, to wait until the right time. But I had some, I would say now, some subconscious programming about that. And then having discussions, you know, Shana would have said we've had a lot of discussions, but I don't just talk with single people. I would speak with married women in church and realize mm. that a lot of these women have not been satisfied. And they were dealing with similar issues that I was dealing with, having entered relationships where you could talk about everything before marriage except that. Yeah. You could express yourself about everything except that. And then you get into the relationship and you don't know how to advocate. You have people who were inexperienced, who didn't know what they were looking for. And I said, oh, that's not going to be me. Yeah. <laughs> I literally place my mind, my heart, my everything. Like how it says to love the Lord with all your heart. Your soul, your soul. I put myself in a place where I'm like, I'm just willing to be right yeah. and it became a journey of self-exploration where um my encounters were about learning me learning my body and learning mm -hmm. how to advocate for that and it mm -hmm. took a while before i could literally say okay this doesn't really work for me and i like this and and and, and it's still a journey of self-exploration being honest yeah. it's always yeah. sometimes you think you know what you want you don't know what you don't know and yeah, it takes sometimes absolutely. having a new experience to be like, <laughs> yes, very true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> very that was a thing. <laughs> I was telling a friend the other day that because it's not spoken within a uh, religious sector, is that women now go into marriage and they're having issues having sex with their husband because oh, they're yeah. tight down there. Oh, yeah. And, and they, they didn't still, do anything before, like, and they didn't yeah. do no preparation. Before. Yeah. No preparation, right? And then at the same time, how can I describe it? It's like you don't know what to say because one, you're thinking that's your job is to please him. So mm -hmm. just lay there. Two, you don't even know how to have the conversation because you were told the conversation was bad. And then so women are tight down there and they don't know how to let loose. And it reminds me of the Netflix series called unorthodox or orthodox where even describes the jewish community how the women mm -hmm. just lie there let the husband come on top of you because you have to procreate really soon um because that's what they're waiting for and it was a story about this one young lady who for months she struggled with her husband penetrating her because she was so tight down there that it was painful mm -hmm. but no one spoke of this all you know is once you get married it's time to consummate and that's it, right? You no, know, because when I got back into sex, it was kind of like, it really wasn't for me. So I still was just going with mm. the show, you know, going mm -hmm. with the flow. But mm -hmm. I think it was, um, there was a time in college and it was a group of us sitting at the table and it was this group of guys. And 
I have like a big booty. So, you know, they always make joke about my big booty. And like, you know, when they get you in bed, they must be doing this. It must be doing you. How you shake? You shake like this? Do you shake like And I was just like, well, why would I shake? So that's when they was like, what you mean? Why would you shake? And I'm like, why would I shake? Like, when you come, when you come, what do you do? And I was like, how do you know if you came? Mm. And they were like, you ain't coming. You ain't coming. Because if yeah. you were coming, you would know yeah. that you're coming. And I'm just like, yeah. well, I just think that, you know, it says, you know, it is what it is. And they're like, no. And it was guys that was teaching me, like, um, wow. you have to feel you like on. this. Mm. And you have to, like, do you feel like a hot flash come over you? And I'm like, no. They're like, mm. you need to stop having sex. Mm. Stop having sex because you're not doing it right. Mm. And then it, I got into a relationship after that. And what it was was the guy was um, he was very catering. So mm. he's like, do you like this? Do you like that? How does that feel? And I'm just like, mm -hmm. no. So when we didn't work out, you know, I went to somebody else, and they was just. I was like, this is not how this is supposed to feel. I'm not even doing it right. I was like, I don't even. I was like, no. One time, oh I was like, no, me. I'm going home. Like, this not how this works. Yeah. And they were just like, well, what do you mean? Like, what? I'm just like, mm -mm, I don't like this. I don't like this. No, I gotta go. Because Ooh. the the relationship you were in. He allowed for your voice to be heard. Yeah, he always yeah. was just like, "What do you think?" So and I was nice. just like, mm. "And sometimes he'll come to me with new little sex things that comes out because every time something comes out, he's like, "What do you think about this?" And I was like, "I don't. Why? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Do you want to do it?" And I was like, "I don't know." And then yeah. we kind we kind of grew together. We got together like Good twenty to twenty six. Yeah. So he kind of taught me how to speak up for myself, what That's to good. say, how to feel, what to do. So now it's just like yeah, that's beautiful. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So now it's just like it's hard for me to not have a voice. Like now mm. I get mad about everything. Like nice. if something doesn't go my way or I don't feel good hey, about girl. it, I say stop. <laughs> like in the middle of it, I'm like stop. I don't like this. Like, if you got to, it if you got to, and you know, some guys have. I've been yelled at before. Like a guy was looking at me like, "What you telling me? That's not for what do you mean? I like this." Does not feel good, and I'm Disturbing. telling you, left it, you still going right, <laughs> so we just want to stop. Right she here. said, I told you, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm still going right. I'm forget it, forget it. I don't, you know, we, let's yeah. just be friends, yeah. So mm -hmm. let's let's transition into that, right? Because uh, Jerry and I were having a conversation a long time ago, a couple years ago, which actually brought on this topic, um, because. I call it female sexual awareness. But to tell you the truth, the conversation that we were having, we were like, are women to blame for bad sex? Are we to blame for not having good sex? And then while we were talking, we realized, oh, yeah, we are. Because first of all, we're not aware. And I'm not trying to generalize it, but the majority of us are not aware. We didn't grow up being aware. Um, either it be through home life, religious life, whatever the, the, the thing, or we weren't educated properly, even though if we knew about sex, but we did not know how to advocate for ourselves. Women till now are still dealing with that. And a lot of my peers, again, not only was TV shows, but pornography plays a big role. I don't, I don't even want to glaze over that because not only for females, but for males where I knew guys that were just like, 
oh, but shorty in the porn like it this way. You don't like it this way? No, because I'm not her. Uh -huh. You know, it's not real. It's not even real. Let me say this. So it's a combination of factors. And I, I wouldn't necessarily use the word blame. Mm -hmm. It's use the word advocating and and self-awareness is a big deal. Mm -hmm. Now, guys have been for the most part. Society makes it easy for them to talk about sex. Unfortunately, right. they're learning from people who claim to know stuff that they know nothing what they're talking right. about, right? Right. So there's a that false is. sense of awareness that happens sometimes on the other side. Yeah. The same thing happens on this side as well. So sometimes I've come across women who talk, they seem to know what they're talking about. Ooh. And then you realize, like I said, you don't know what you don't know. So it takes a different experience and you hear the conversation changes, right? Mm -hmm. Then you have statistics out there that make us feel that it's okay to just be satisfied with the bare minimum. By that, I mean, mm -hmm. I am not sure what the number is right now, but there's statistics out there that say something to the extent like almost 80% of women mm -hmm. do not have orgasms. And so I've actually had this conversation and, and somebody said, well, that's a normal thing because statistics say that 80 percent of women don't have orgasms i'm like does that mean that it's okay or does that mean that 80 percent of women have been having sex with men who probably don't know right. what to do to bring them to that point and 80 percent of women have not been advocating for what yeah. they need because they don't even know what that is mm -hmm. right yeah. so you hear the statistics and for me i don't pay attention to because that's not my reality it's not yeah. <laughs> right so it doesn't matter what the statistics say but you have these things that are lining up or stacking up against you speaking up for yourself and being in a society that, I mean, right now I don't care, but for years having this conversation was not going to happen with me, mm -hmm, even yeah. though the thoughts were there and I'd have one-on-one -on -one with Shayna, mm -hmm. but you know, you're concerned about how you're going to be perceived based mm. on, for me, it was an upbringing thing. Okay. How I was perceived in the religious community mm -hmm. or even the cultural community how people perceive yes in the caribbean you too yeah out sexually when you advocate for yourself or you know so much that you can even xyz you know what i'm saying so all of those things cause you to take on a false sense of identity when in fact you really want to, that's part of life and I, I i put it like this we don't starve ourselves from food you want to eat you go find food to eat you understand? We speak up about everything else. We say when if you don't know how to do something, go acquire the skills to do it. But then when it comes to this one thing, no, just wait. Just wait. Just keep putting it off. Anything else. If I wanted to get a job and I needed the skill and I told y'all, I'm just going to wait until the right time. I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to put it off. Y'all will tell me I'm stupid. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to this one thing, we tend to make it okay and it's not. And, and no, you're good. I, and I was liking that you're saying that because that's what I was leading up to in the sense of like, when we spoke about it, then that's how we were talking. We was like, yeah, it probably is our fault. We don't know how to, you know, speak <laughs> up for ourselves. And I remember you even posted it in your status to see how other women would respond mm -hmm. to that. Right. And so many women were saying so many things, but you made a valid point where it's not only on the women to blame. Yes, in a sense, I can see because we've lacked 
the like you said the advocacy the self-awareness compared the vulnerability compared to men but then realizing even men themselves Don't you know have a lack of awareness too right so I'll, I'll say a little jokey jokey here so i went online and there was something on instagram and this comes to show you that men really don't know what they're doing either. Because um, even if we weren't able to advocate for ourselves and speak about what we like and don't like, you would think we would still be satisfied in some type of level because they know what they're doing, right? And not for all men. There's some men out there, y'all doing your thing, okay? But <laughs> it said, okay, ladies. So it says, ladies, what does sex actually feel like for y'all and here are the comments that women said someone said when someone is scratching your back and actually misses the part that is actually itching ouch Uh, another woman (laughs) another woman said i feel like i should win an oscar for my acting career another woman says i feel like i should just be a lesbian <laughs> Another woman says, "When you know you're about to sneeze, but you never get to sneeze." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you having sex with? Okay. <laughs> and then uh, the last comment is said, "It feels like you're on a." It, it says that it feels like you're on a roller coaster because you feel really excited, but then you realize it only lasts for a couple seconds. So these are the things Boy, that women. All of those, I, I can relate to each one of those. <laughs> See, Boy. these are the things that women were saying, and this is just a couple of comments that I screenshot. It was thousands of comments coming wow. in, and it was the same thing. Oh, like the, this, and now that's what I'm saying. This is something that was like a couple of months ago. So this day and age, women are still having that difficulty, right? Yeah. So I think that yes, we are being more vocal. But I still feel that there's a sense of we don't know how to deal with the male's ego because we always feel like, okay, I'm more self, I'm more self-aware, but I'm still afraid of how to bring it up to him to tell him I don't like it this way. And kudos to to Yanis who's saying, I told you left (laughs) and you're going right. right. Like, what are you doing? Right. So. Yeah, go but ahead. some of them still, they it's hard to still talk to those that even if you have a voice, because some guys will feel offended, like somebody yeah, I was dealing do. with, and um, he was like, he's an aspiring artist, so he has music and stuff, and he even have a song called "I'm a Freak," right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the song is telling you, you know, what he will do, mm-hmm. what he think, and then so we're getting hot and heavy. And he's doing his thing. And I'm like, I'm waiting for the lyrics of the song to just show up. And uh, it's not happening. So then it, it, it gets, it's over, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking at him like, yeah, that's it? Mm-hmm. Okay. And he was like, why you look like that? I was like, I'm going to be honest with you. The experience was terrible. Mm. He's like, oh, mm. oh, I'm never gonna let that go. I'm never gonna let that go. And I was like, see, but you, 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 you thinking about this wrong. Yeah. I'm not telling. Like, I'm. This is me and you having a private conversation. I'm telling you, I didn't, I didn't get to where I needed to go. Mm-hmm. I want you to take that as like a challenge or something. Yeah. Come back, do your thing. Come back, make me feel good. Don't get offended. And it's just like, you know. And then I, he just took it the wrong way. We didn't do that again. And then it's like, 
even now when I talk to him, everything's like, oh, you know, I ain't do what I had to do because you never called me again. Oh Lord. So it's like, yeah, but you didn't try though. Like, yeah. When you talk to them, they still they don't receive it well. But I need to say something. Mm -hmm. It's about sex and it's not about sex. Mm -hmm. So the ego we're talking about Mm -hmm. does not start and end in the bedroom. Right. And so there's certain traits in character that will almost be a precursor to let you know this is what I can expect over there. Mm-hmm. If somebody is not self-aware, self-awareness is so sexy to me. Yes. Very. A man who's telling me that he recognizes his flaws and he's doing whatever it takes to work on them tells me that when you go in there in the bedroom, you'll be willing to do the same thing. Facts. And, I, and you would receive the information and want to work on it, not just to be me, but because you want to better yourself. Right? Absolutely. So... So it's not just about the sex. It's about the person. Mm-hmm. How are they feeling about themselves as an individual? If they lack confidence in other yeah. areas of their life and they're just seeking to prove their manhood in that area, that's a lot of ego coming in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. It is. And you trying to <laughs> come, up, come up against that is a work, a lifelong work, mm-hmm. right? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what I would say, even for the men, it's like be willing to be willing. You know, (laughs) I've heard that 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 statement before. Be willing to be willing. Right. That even it doesn't say something about you if you're not competent in one area. We've not been taught. Nobody talks about this thing. Mm -hmm. Right. You saying that. And again, we we're taking self-ownership in the sense of like, yes, this is how we need to advocate for ourselves, be more self-aware, but understanding that, yes, it's a holistic experience between these two parties that it's like, it's not only for me to blame, it's both of us. And as women, not only being self-aware, but advocate, but like you said, seeing and being aware of even the other person, because at times, and that's going to be another topic. So, um, we even have to be even more conscious of the partners that we even deal with. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because it is, for, from my perspective, I believe it's a sacred spiritual experience. It so is. it's just like, I can't just do it with any guy not realizing that Absolutely. we haven't even had the conversation or the communication or even, you know, um, how do you attraction. call it? Attraction or even, you know, attraction sometimes it's like, that's yeah. the thing that comes like, oh, he fine or who she, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But in the sense of like oh. observing even the person's body language, mm-hmm. you yeah. know what I mean? Because I say body oh, language girl. is also communication, right? Girl. So I to to con- continue speaking to the men. I've even spoken to some guys or homeboys where I'm like, I don't care if you were great to one woman and she said you were the best she yes. ever had. And it's true and you probably were and I'm not knocking your skills but it could be to her. Mm-hmm. Every woman's body is different. different. Yes. Every woman's Absolutely. desire is different. Mm-hmm. So in, in instead of coming like you said with that ego of well the last shorty said I was good so I'm about to lay it down and da da da. It's like let me learn you. Yes. Right? Or yes. even if some people have the spirit of moment, uh, animalistic attraction, and it happens. Instead of you still going into it with, oh, I'm about to just, like, yeah. what about in the act, 
you're actually still taking time to be like, what do you like? Are you okay? Let me me get to know you in that sense, right? And you're going to hear me say this a lot because, yes, I advocate for, I prefer the whole situation of waiting till you're married. Sometimes I can understand the, the not waiting till you're married. I get it. I'm not as strict as I used to be. I used to be very strict with that concept, but I think I just want people to be more conscious of the partners that they get with. Right. Cause I'm not here. I mean, even though with my morals and beliefs, I'm not here to, to, to bash anybody, judge anybody, but I am here to start telling people we need to start thinking differently about the sexual experiences that we enter into. Mm -hmm. Right. And with, with talking with the men again, I'm just like, and I love what Jerry said, because it's like, when you're coming into this experience with this person, it's like, what are we doing? Is this going to be a one-time thing? Or what are we doing to now develop a deeper bond with this experience that we just did, right? So all of those elements came to me where I'm like, yeah, it's it's on both parties to understand how this experience is supposed to go down. But really think very highly of themselves when you're in the bedroom, a lot of these men, you know? And I was gonna say, I think a lot of women are faking it. Like, I think a lot of women are not being honest about their sexual experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, they're because they wanna please their spouse or their, their partner or whatever. And there's dishonesty taking place. And, and like you said, both people have to put in that work to be able to have that experience together. But when I told him, he was kind of just like, nah like no you just you know you're just you're just saying because and after he told me that after he after he responded that way it kind of caused me to shut down even more like i didn't feel like i could express anything else to him or say how i really felt because he's just gonna you know i kind of felt like my feelings were shot down a lot with other areas in our marriage so that just kind of like sex is like one of those really intimate conversations and I think if you can have that conversation with someone in a healthy way, it just it just increases the intimacy between mm-hmm. you know. And I'm not in a relationship now or anything, but God is just showing me this, you know, just mm-hmm. just me having intimacy with him and just connecting with God, like he's showing me like you just the way that you express yourself to me freely is the same way that you should be able to express yourself to the man that you're with. You know, because husbands love your wives, right? Like Christ loves the church. So we need to get to a point where we are so vulnerable and transparent with our men, but their egos are out of control. And I've seen this with friends and friends of friends and people who are married. Like, you know, they're, and a lot of guys that I meet, they'll be like, oh, you know, I'm I'm this in the bedroom and that in the bedroom. And they talk and all this talk. And it's like, I'm not trying to hear none of that. Like, I'm not interested in, you're like I want you to stimulate my mind first. Yes, I'm at, that's, yes. that's the place where I'm at now. Like I need you to stimulate me emotionally, spiritually, that type of stuff. And then, if we have that type of connection, then I think the intimacy and and the the sexuality will will just be there because our communication is on fire. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I love that you mentioned yes. um, all those things because yeah. I feel like a lot of times men. And I've heard it from other people, too, that men equate their identity with their sexuality. 
Yeah. You know so what I mean? They should have a better identity. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it feels. It should be. Your identity is you. So you should want people to view you in the utmost amazing way. Mm-hmm. How do you do that if you're hard to talk to, if you're hard to communicate with? Like, I, I, I really hope that, you know, the men who do hear this podcast will see this not as an attack, but to be like, yo, you know what? Yeah. One, stop. How do I say this nicely? Stop banging anybody mm-hmm. and take the time out to Girl, get to know yourself, mm-hmm. get to enjoy yourself, then find somebody that you might want to enjoy some time with. Get to mm-hmm. know them first because I feel like the best sexual experiences I've ever had was with somebody who who captivated my mind before they came. Yes, absolutely. When the conversation was flowing and every time you're with them, you're laughing. It's like they don't even understand inside of you is getting so hot. Sometimes you don't even know what to do. You sit there like the way he took it to me right now. <laughs> oh, this was here. About to go down. Like, talk to me first. Tell me. Talk, talk to me nice. Talk to me, talk nice. to me right. Talk to me nice. Talk to me right. <laughs> Thank you for listening into this week's episode. I hope you've gained some knowledge, insight, and clarity in this moment, creating your own inner discoveries. And most importantly, head over to at She Discovered Podcast on Instagram to interact with me and receive more tips and info relating to all topics discussed. As always, you are appreciated.